The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, though, I want to talk about College Green. So car lanes are going to be phased out, or the beginning of the phasing out will begin next year. The Green Party leader Eamon Ryan confirming over the weekend. Joe Jim Waldron rather is the national is from the National Private Hire and Taxi Association, and he's with me now. Jim, have you concerns about the phasing out of car lanes from next year? Uh, we have really, uh, Karen. Uh, we, we basically, uh, you know, we we feel as though there's been very la- there's a lack of consultation. There's a couple of things straight away is uh, uh, College Green. And Foster's Place have two of the busiest ranks in the Dublin city centre. And we have concerns about where these ranks are going to be replaced and where they're going to be moved to. And uh, have taxis been part of the plan? And uh, will the plans be open to bikes, scooters or buses? Or, or what? what is the plan? And uh, where, where's the consultation with taxi drivers? That's the main concern, really. Well, Hazel Chew is with us as well, Green Party Councillor. Uh, Hazel, maybe you can shed some light on this then for, for Jim. What is the plan? Well, we just actually had a Dublin City Council meeting just there in relation to Dublin um, College Green Plaza and we were talking about the tendering process and what the plans will be and how there is an interim phase of phasing out the lanes, as the Minister has said. And this phase then will be looking at what can be placed on the plaza, how would the traffic be diverted, and that's all to plan for at the moment. So yes, I do fully accept Jim's point in relation to that there are concerns, of course there will be, but part of it is that we want to make sure we address those concerns and we do create that public realm space that we desperately need in the city. We've been talking about uh, public realm space for years now, especially during COVID, where people need to go out to uh, outdoor space, to socialise in outdoor space. And we saw during the trial processes of Dublin City Council on the Sundays for closing down College Green of how it worked and it worked really well. So yes, absolutely, I get Jim's concerns and I think we can work together on that because I was uh, chair of the Nighttime Economy subgroup on the National Subgroup and one of the things we realised is nighttime transport, such as taxis, such as bus, are really essential to the running of the city. Uh, Jim, there you have it. There's plenty of time between now and the beginning of this phasing out for consultation and for explanation and to get everybody on board. Are you optimistic? Yeah, no, not really. To be honest about it, like you know, uh, uh, you know, taxis are were, were, were certainly vehicles or motorised vehicles as such. Uh, but I, I think that uh, the Greens have yet to um, show the fact that taxis are part of the public transport service. Well, not just other vehicles, as in, as in private motorists. We are part of the small public service. Uh, and basically public transport service and basically what we've been asked for for a long time is uh, better ranks, better locations and the Greens uh, have done nothing but try and put us down the back lanes at different places and it's about time to actually acknowledge that we are part of the the solution and not the problem Would you Jim like the pedestrianisation plans to include space for taxis as public transport as you see it for taxis to still use that part of Dublin? Absolutely. Like I was involved just in a meeting last uh, Friday. We got a phone call from uh, the uh, Dublin City Council to, to inform us basically that the rank on Aston Key has been removed to make way for cycleway. You know, we, we you know it wasn't part of the consultation process, and this is what we're afraid of that the the process will go through. No consideration or consultation would happen with taxi drivers. So, I mean, could could, could Hazel, for example, say it was yeah, we'll have a tax rank on each end of the plaza. Hazel? I can't 
can't say we will. It's not up to me to decide. But Jim, I do fully accept your concerns. And as I said, on the Nighttime Economy Task Force, we did acknowledge, and to your point there, you would like a Green to acknowledge that taxi drivers are part of the public service. I am that Green, and I can fully acknowledge yourselves are part of the public service and you provide a great service. But to the point of consultation, there was a consultation process in 2020 when 96% of people called for a the most ambitious plan we can have of College Green and most ambitious plan that was demanded of is a pedestrianised College Green and if to Jim's point that what is needed is ranks on both sides perhaps that's something we can look at but that's something for us to work together to build and this is part of what we need that not one voice or another or one group or another saying that this isn't something we want because at the end of the day 96% of those consulted have said that they want this so it's time we move forward and provide this for the citizens of Dublin. Uh, Jim, to your point that you know you would like uh, there to be an allowance that taxis as part of the public transport network could still use that part of Dublin. I mean, that doesn't really strike me as much of a pedestrianisation if taxis can still use it. Yeah, well, uh, will, will bikes be and electric scooters be still allowed use? That's not like a pedestrianisation of an area either. Uh, the Lewis is going to continue to go through it. Our bus is going to continue to go through it. You know, so... Basically, I, I would like to see us being put on par with the buses that were part of the public transport service, and that's the way we should be if, considered. If, if buses... Uh, and, can I, I ask I you, Jim, sorry, uh, no, uh, just, I, no, it's a genuine question. If, if, if the Lewis and bikes and e-scooters and buses and private taxis can still use College Green, how would it be any different from what's there now? Uh, Pri- public, private public, pr- pr- private cars, private cars don't question, use it at the moment. Uh, well, well, they do. Well, well, they they can do. Uh, they, you know, at certain times of the day and that type of thing. But but, but for the overwhelming majority they, of the day, it's it's just that just what you what you're describing, Jim, is not is the status quo, isn't it? Uh, well, I suppose it could be considered the status quo or such, but uh, the bottom line is that you know taxis need to get access to different particular areas, and if people have to walk to a taxi. Uh, they need to know where the taxi rank is. It's an established taxi rank there on College Green. It's an established taxi rank at Foster's Place. And what we're asking is that we have a, uh, an established taxi rank. If this plaza is going ahead, that we have an established taxi rank at a place that's uh, publicly available and safe. And you talk about nighttime economy. Hazel is kidding herself sometimes. Like, you know, without taxis on the streets, there's no security on the streets. Taxis actually bring security to all parts of Dublin City. And this is where we feel that we, we, we're being overlooked. It, where, where, where we are and there's activity and there's taxi ranks, there's, there's activity around there. And generally, it's a safer place than some of the darker places, which the class will be, let's be honest about it, it'll just be a passing through places for drunks and people going home in the evening time. And we have to address that. And if, if we want to include a pri- proper, pri- proper public transport service, Hazel should, be, should have been sitting down with us a long time ago to discuss this plan. Hazel, I'm, I'm sure you'd like the opportunity to reject the assessment Absolutely, of the plaza as a on. place for drunks and <laughs> for people just to get home at night. 
Uh, no, I, I think a proper public plaza that is equipped with proper lighting, proper facilities, pro- proper toilet facilities as well, and proper seating facilities could be the same as Praco de Commercial or Piazza Navona or the Ramblas. And we need that. We are one of the few European cities that don't have a proper public plaza that is good for our public, or that's part of our public realm. And to Jim's point, to Jim's point about consultation, we, we had a consultation process, as I said, 96 percent were overwhelmingly in support of it. That consultation process was open to all w- within any industry. So Jim was, was re- welcome to be part of rejected. that. The, the plaza was rejected. No, no, 96 percent was in favor no, no, of an ambitious plan, Jim. And, and to be fair, Jim, I didn't interrupt you, so please don't interrupt there, me. Yeah. And to your point about security, about having a better life now, there is no part of me that thinks that taxis isn't part of it. I, I welcome what the service that the taxis are providing. I know people in the industry. I think they provide a great service, and they can provide uh, much-needed public nighttime service to the workers and the people going out at night. But we also need a public realm space to attract those people to come into our city, to make them feel as if there's things happening in our city. And having public realm space, having a public plaza can add to that. The, the public plaza that has been mentioned previously didn't include taxes whatsoever, Hazel. So, I mean, the, the bottom line is that uh, the Greens, uh, the way it's perceived, certainly from the taxi fraternity, is that the Greens have attacked the taxi industry and want to destroy the taxi industry. The Greens want to destroy the taxi industry of 20,000 families. That's the way we perceive it to be. And unless you're going to start out with upfront in, the, in plenty of time before this goes ahead, then it's it's going to continue to be perceived as a, a, a Green Party against the taxi industry. All right, I We're started not with part I, of private motorists. We are public transport. Absolutely not, Jim. I don't think that. it's. I don't think it's a party against the taxi industry, and it never is that. But it is the party, and it is the public representatives who have been united in this conversation, as I said in this meeting that we just had this afternoon, all wanting to move ahead with a public plaza because, again, with the consultation process, 96% of people were overwhelmingly in favour of it. So absolutely, we should work together on it, Jim. I'm not saying we shouldn't. But what I am uh, saying is we need to move forward with the process as well. Lots of people uh, in agreement with the plans, it has to be said, uh, Jim Connell, says uh, College Green's pedestrianisation will return to heart of the city uh, back to its people and away from its cars what's not to like cities are for humans not cars listen Jim thank you for your time Jim Waldron is with the National Private Hire and Taxi Association Hazel Chu is a Green Party councillor yes 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 is somebody else wouldn't it be brilliant to have it without cars look at those great cities around Europe like Copenhagen and Amsterdam and one more uh, for now a taxi driver here what plan is in place for the displaced traffic where will it go which is a legitimate question I mean they put in a traffic light on Bride Street and this is a real this is a real local complaint you're about to be indulged with here Uh, they put in a traffic light on Bride Street and it slows me down on my way home from work because it backs up the traffic on Golden Lane the law of unintended consequences anyway lots and lots of people though in absolute agreement with Hazelchew that this is the way to go and that Dublin city centre would be much improved by a big open public space in front of Trinity College. Keep those texts coming, 53106. Now the phasing out of cars in that part of Dublin, it's going to happen from next year. From the year after, we're going to have auto-enrolment pensions. The government announcing more details of this scheme. You might have heard mention of it uh, before, but Paul Merriman, the financial advisor and the man behind AskPaul.ie is with me in studio. Paul, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. Um, so what more have we learned? H- how is this going to work? 
Um, well, we haven't really learned that much more from what the proposal was here, in fairness. Um, it's going to work with the introduction of on Rome from 2024. Uh, you're going to see a 1.5% contribution from the employer, the employee, and uh, that increases then as well with more from them over year four and then towards year 10 even more again. Uh, and the government put in a small piece in. Big issue here is that, number one, it's a great idea, it's a great concept, all enrolment, up to 750,000 people don't have pensions. I think it's more of an education issue than trying to put everybody into an auto enrolment situation, but it's going to come at a really bad time, and especially for employers, because you're looking for employers to take the heavy lifting here on this. And I think in the current environment uh, and the cost of living, I think the issue we're going to see is that a lot of people will opt out. So you automatically go into auto-enrolment, and then you have to make the decision to opt out. Um, and I think in 2024, inflation keeps going the way it is, and those pressures are still on households trying to take uh, 1.5% or 2% out in the future is probably going to hurt a lot of people and they're automatically going to opt out. This should have been done years ago. It was delayed and it's happening, in my opinion, at probably the worst time. Obviously, government can't plan that, but I think it yeah. might be put in the back foot. I don't think it's going to happen in 2024, is what I'm saying. Yo, you suspect it will be delayed. I suspect it's going to have to be pushed down the road another year or two, especially if inflation continues the way it's going. Uh, I mean, there's no way uh, this is going to go down well with employers and employees. Uh, as well as that, the 750,000 people that are there uh, that are, haven't got pension plans typically speaking you'll see the gig economy part-time workers so people that are probably on lower salaries they're really getting squeezed by the cost of living more anyway um, mm. so I think it's going to turn it's not going to be good um, and although you can't turn back time it would have been more successful a few years ago uh, I think they're going to have an issue the government and the successful rollout of an order moment if Inflation and cost of living keeps going the way it goes. And and have employers started to voice these concerns? I think employers have so much more on their on their plate from COVID nineteen, uh, from trying to recover, uh, and now obviously with the cost of living, um, so I think they have an awful lot. I think I think employers. I think I think next year. I think by the end of next year, you're really going to see people kick up a fuss about order enrolment and see big backlashes from the various different, um, I suppose. Business um, societies for mm. people, so I think that's got a big issue for people um, and a big issue for the government. I, th I sorry, just to say, um, as a certified financial planner and somebody that always recommend pensions, I do think this is good. But they're trying to say that it's a landmark for people um, and it's going to be going down in history as a big turning point in the pensions industry. This is purely about lack of education. I mean, at the moment, anybody can get tax back on their pension plan up to 20% the low rate of income tax and 40% on the higher rate of income mm. tax I think putting it back automatically to the employer to do is just going to cause so much concern uh, so I think they should be going on an education front on this rather than trying to force everybody into water enrolment uh, is it but but the the offer of essentially kind of uh, three for every three euro you're putting in the government is putting in one euro yeah, I mean I, euro. I, like as a product would that be a good well, product it would be it's going back to the SSIA as well you remember the SSIA yeah. everyone had like the, the, the uptake in the SSIA was like phenomenal then um, they were told by an apartment in Bulgaria <laughs> with this or bank stocks <laughs> yeah <laughs> that worked out well uh, but yeah the, 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 the premise of putting X in you get extra free but they just had to take that lesson and put it into pensions normally you would have seen an automatic uptake I think in pensions but I think pensions 
regulations. I think the industry has failed. Uh, I think, you know, it, it, it hasn't been clear for people how to get into pensions, how to work. PRSAs are around 20 odd years, uh, personal retirement savings account. An employer has to offer that to every employee. We know that's not police. We know that's not happening. You have to offer access to a PRSA. You don't have to contribute to it. It's been there for over two decades. Still hasn't worked. So there's a lot around education around people. I, th- I, I just fear that this is going to be possibly the worst time ever. But I do think it's a great concept. Yeah. I really, really do. But I think getting the employer involved is where they're going to have the biggest backlash here. Especially for those people in the likes of the gig economy, the part-time employees. Um, I, I, I'd fear, I'd have a lot of fear for fear around how that's going to work. Yeah, so, I mean, let, let's imagine for a moment it does happen. Yes. Uh, it gets past the first hurdle you mentioned, yes. which is possibly employer resistance. The second hurdle, which is people on lower incomes, they're the people you suspect might be the quickest to to to, to leave it, will they? Because I guess they've got less disposable They'll income and if those margins yeah, are tighter, exactly. someone on 150 plus or something like that, that they can afford this well, and it might people, be a few extra bob. Yeah, but they're probably in occupational pension schemes, you see, so it's not designed for those. It's designed for those. But they'll get this on, on top, will no, they? No, no, this is no, where, this is where the yeah, employer doesn't this offer. This is where the employer doesn't contribute. You're typically looking at gig economy, people on part-time income down towards minimum wage. They're all going to be automatically enrolled in this thing and if inflation and cost of living keeps going, I just think from timing point of view it's going to be a bit of a disaster and I think a lot of people are going to opt out of this scheme I'm not saying they should but I think that who it's targeted at they're going to have so much problems in relation to the cost of living and borrowing that this is going to be something that they won't be able to afford even though it's only 1.5% of their salary in the first 1 to 3 years uh, I think like I said cost of living is going to cause a massive issue here even if the government get in on time it's two years down the tracks before it starts yes uh, as you say it might be a little bit longer than that if it ends up getting delayed if uh, inflationary pressures don't subside in the meantime let's start that uh, education programme what should people 100%. do? so everybody if you have disposable income you're going to get up to 20% so if, you know if you put in 100 euro a month into a pension plan you're going to get 20 back from the revenue commissioners which is phenomenal it's a massive return and if your higher rate of income tax is up to 40% back uh, so there's over 60% return there. So, you know, people need to be in pension plans if they can afford them and if they're at the right stage of life. We often hear people saying you can do a pension as young as possible. Not always the case. If you're in your mid-30s, mortgage, couple of kids, couple of crashes going on, it's perfectly fine to have a financial plan that's going to start your pension at 40, 42, whenever you have a little bit more disposable cash. It's about educating yourself having a good financial planner and sitting down with somebody and knowing what retirement looks like and can you live on the state pension are you going to be mortgage free by the time you get to 67 or 68 a lot of people have mortgages with 70 years of age now so there's so much more to consider when it comes to retirement age than just the pension pension makes part of it but so is your overall financial situation so it's very important to have a plan and don't be afraid if you don't have a pension plan yet just make sure you're working in a few years time and have a plan to get one in place don't panic in other words there's still time (laughs) Uh, but do it now if you can and Paul, yes. listen, a pleasure. Thanks a million for coming Cheers. into the studio. Paul Merriman, a financial advisor, and you can find Paul on askpaul.ie. Brian says, what other public plaza in Europe did Hazel Chu mention? One was Las Ramblas in Barcelona, but Barcelona has an underground metro system. Do the other cities Hazel Chu referred to have metro networks too? Where are the displaced buses from College Green going to go? So wonders. Brian, this other listener says, I'd like to congratulate Dublin City Council and the Green Party for their amazing, amazing forward planning. We're due to open the most expensive of children's hospital in the world and what do we do we restrict access to it if coming from
from the north side we would have to tour the city to get to the hospital it's hard enough to get to St James's Hospital as it is maybe the powers that be will organise a shuttle bus from the north side just in case of emergency it should be said while those texts are critical most people are absolutely in favour of pedestrianisation of College Green this listener says it's long overdue Capel Street is beautiful now most other cities in Europe are beautiful and open and safe in their centre College Green is an amazing space and it should be enjoyed not plotted through businesses will thrive and people will be attracted to town I love Dublin and it is slowly becoming decrepit it needs some care and attention I'm not a fan of Eamon Ryan the listener says but these projects are the right direction to go bigger ideas and scale needed The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.